Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How did you know he was dumping the car? Because he came to my house, put the keys down the kitchen table and said, the car is yours. I can't afford it anymore. This is the plaintiff, Bruce Downer. He says the defendant is his now estranged son, and he owes him money for a car he co-signed for him and lease payments he failed to make. Suing your own flesh and blood in court is difficult for him, but his son has done him very wrong, and he needs the judge and this court to teach him a valuable lesson about responsibility and morals. He's suing for $3,174.98, the amount he's most definitely owed. This is the defendant, Tyler Downer. He says his father's the one who did him wrong. And all the trouble began when he moved back in with his mom. He most certainly doesn't owe his father any money for this car because his father bought it, and he owns it, and he has it. The plaintiff thinks he can get away with being a bully, but he knows the judge doesn't like bullies. And he thinks he's going to walk out of here winning this case. He's accused of fouling up with his father. All parties, please take your ratings. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. Bruce Downer? Yes. You are suing Tyler Downer, your son, for $3,174.98 that you say you're out as a result of him not fulfilling his obligations on a car that you co-signed for him, correct? Correct. Um, who is this, Mom? Mom. Okay. So, Mr. Downer, let's start with you. What happened? Uh, back in June of 2016, my son said that he would like to get a new car. And at the time, I told him that he would have to pay for the car himself and, and continue to pay and his how insurance. how old are you? 21. Okay and which he's always paid his insurance for his vehicles. So he went researching and uh, found a 2016 Nissan Sentra at a local dealership that he wanted to lease. And when he went down to lease the car, I told him he had to get his own insurance because he can't have, uh, beyond my policy, which was my wife and my policy at the time, uh, because the car wouldn't be registered to us, it'd be registered to him. So he said he did research and could not find affordable insurance. So therefore, he needed to be on my insurance policy. I then told him that in order for him to do that, I would have to be a co-signer on the vehicle, which I didn't really want to do. But he said he wanted the vehicle, and he promised to make all the payments. So 
at that point, I went down to the dealership when with him. When you say him. you didn't want to do it, why not? Because we're trying to, let's see, at that point in June, I was, at that point, I was preparing to file for divorce, so I didn't want any other credit or anything going on. Did you know it, but your wife didn't know Correct. it? Correct. And your son didn't know it? Correct. I filed, yes, I'm okay. the one who filed and for the divorce. And what was the reason for the divorce, just generally? Just general uh, marital breakdown. Okay. So you didn't want to put it in your name, but you went ahead and put, I mean, you're not divorcing your son, right? No, but okay, I... Okay, so you went ahead and put it in, you co-signed for the car. Correct. He's on your insurance. Things go fine until they don't. When do they stop going fine? In November, December timeframe. Okay. Uh, and the when end did of you August, file for divorce? The end of 2016. So just about the time you filed for divorce? Yeah. Uh, how long had you been married? 22 years. So according to you, he didn't take it well? No. Okay. So then what happens? Tyler had called the dealership and asked them how can he get, you know, my name off the registration and his. And they said all you have to do is go to... The, the DMV and change it. So uh, yeah, but if they do, they can do that, and the loan still be in your name. Yes, the lease right. would still be both of us, but okay. the car would be registered in his name. And at that point, why didn't he, that happen from the beginning? Because you wanted security. No, I didn't want my name on there at all. I was only co-signing so that he, my name would appear. So on the why, paperwork. when it was originally registered, was it registered in both your names? The dealer, no, the dealership only registered it in my name. They were supposed to register it in his name. Well, didn't you notice it? Because you don't we, have the yes. same name. Yes, as soon as we got the paperwork in from the dealership and we saw the registration was in my name, uh, my son called him and said, look, this isn't supposed to be my father's name at all. It's supposed to all be in my name. Right. And they said, oh, it doesn't make a difference. It's because your father had a better insurance score than you, so therefore we registered it in his name, but it doesn't make a difference. All right, well, now, in any event, what happens is at some point he stops paying? Yes. What does he stop paying? The car? He stops uh, he stopped paying. The, the insurance was paid up until March 1st of 2017. So he stopped paying for the car in February of 2017. What did he say? He just brought the car to my house and said, here, this car is yours. You well, own before it. Before that, though, you contact him and you tell him the insurance is going to be due in March. And what does he say to you? I told him that he either needed to re-register the car in his name, in which case then he could get his own insurance policy, which he had told me he already had in place, effective December 25th of 2016. Um, and then I would remove him from my policy and I would give him the refund for that time frame until March 1st, uh, the date that he actually re-registered the car. The second choice was to pay the insurance and I needed the full payment by March 1st because that's when the payment was due and I always pay the policies up front to save money. And the third choice was if he didn't want to do either of those, I wasn't working at the time, so I couldn't afford to pay his insurance as well, that I was going to have to suspend the coverage on the vehicle except for comprehensive. And because I didn't trust that he wouldn't drive the car, I would come and get it and store it in my garage until the time that he could pay for the insurance and then we'd reinstate the policy for his car. And so he apparently took option three and handed you the car. Uh, he actually, yeah, he, well, he, he brought it back. He actually dumped the car. <laughs> he dumped the car. He didn't say, yeah, yeah, I'll have the money in three weeks and I'll pick up the car. He no. dumped the car. Correct. All right. How did you know he was dumping the car? Because he came to my house, put the keys down on the kitchen table and said, the car is yours. I can't afford it anymore. Okay. Now, what did you do after that? You got another car? Well, I had, I left the car there because I couldn't afford the the insurance payment because he wanted all $1,200 cash in full as of March 1st. He let me know about two, two and a half weeks beforehand. And How I, had you been paying the insurance up to that point? 
So I'm in college now, and so I take loans out. And so what I had done was um, my parents would pay in full, and then when my refund check from the loan came in, they would take the money out from there. Okay. So, um, all right, go on. But the $1,200 he wanted by March 1st, he let me know two, two and a half weeks in advance. And I had told him at the time, I said, I'm a full-time college student with a part-time job. I said, I can't, I don't have all that, the $1,200. Um, and he had told me, well, you know that the insurance was due, but the six months beforehand, the insurance had been cheaper than that. So I had some of the cash to give him, but not the full amount because my mother had been Did you tell removed. him that? I did. I told him that on the phone. Do you call him telling you that at all, that he could pay part of it, just not the whole no, thing No, he front? never said he could pay part. He just said he didn't have the money. And I did said, Did he well, say he had part of the money? No, he did not. Go on. And so he wanted the $1,200 in cash in full by March 1st. Otherwise, he threatened to take the car away from me. So my option was I took the car, I brought it to his house, gave him the car, the keys. I said, I can't afford the, the lump sum full amount that you want. And, but I had a credit card at the time, so I went to the dealership and I, put, uh, I took a down payment on the vehicle that I have now and I put it on the credit card because he wouldn't accept anything but cash for the insurance payment. And I leased a new vehicle because that was the only way I was gonna be able to afford to have a car. Who helped you with that lease? My mother. <laughs> Step a week up, prior to when he dropped the vehicle off at my house. Come on up, Mom. <laughs> what day did you folks sign a new lease? Was it before dumping the vehicle? It was about one week before Tyler brought the vehicle to him, yes. What did you end up doing with the car that he dumped at your house? I held on to it for a few weeks trying to figure out what I could do and how, you know, what my legal recourses were. And then eventually, in the beginning of March, I went to a GMC dealer and worked out a deal for the vehicle I owned to be traded in and I said, you also, I need to get rid of his car, the 2016 Nissan Sentra. And they agreed to finally take it. But in order for me to get the lease taken care of, I had to pay that car outright, uh, which was over $15,000. And then the money that, so they offered me 13000 for it. So the difference is what part of the lawsuit. Guys, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, look, I, I, I'm sure you never expected your father to sue you, or did never. you? No. I didn't know. Did you have a good relationship with him before this? Um, not really. I, you know, I just, I didn't ever want to be at home because of the way he always treated me. How did he treat you? Like saying, but like, kind of like a slave, like, because every single time, you know, if I had friends over, immediately had to stop what I was doing just to empty the dishwasher or do this just to do that or... Did you always were... have friends over? Because that's what I find my children do. Yeah. That way they don't <laughs> have to do any work a lot of times, but, um, time. Then there were times where, like, you know, I'd get up in the morning and he'd say, oh, pull out the pan, and I'd pull out a pan. Make me eggs. I'd make him some eggs. Bring him the plate at the, the couch because he couldn't get up to come get it from the kitchen. Then take the plate back to the kitchen, and then I right, do the dishes. So well, that's why we have kids. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the People's Court, Harvey Levin here. Would you ever sue your own kid to teach him a lesson? No, I would not. I feel there's a lot of other things you could do than sue your own child. What if it doesn't work? What if they are disrespect you, say they don't pay you back a loan, and just they don't want to? You know what? There, there's got to be some other way than I go legal to go legal against your own kid. To go legal against your own kid. That, that means. What do you say? It's too cold-blooded. There's yeah. got to be a way to do it. With but they're cold-blooded if they disrespect you and they don't let's say they don't pay you the money they owe you. No, you got to help them mature. You got to teach them. Well, can you teach them by suing? What do you say? I don't know about that, but how much money are we talking about here? That is one cute dog. That dog is chill, man. That dog is chill. Yeah, he's a super dog. Okay, going inside the courtroom. I mean, spiritually, did you have a relationship with him? I mean, did you, would you talk? Did you felt like he loved you? Did you love him? Did you? Um, 
No, and there are times, you know, where he had told other members in my family, I don't love him. He had said he didn't love me. Why? Why would he tell other members in the family that? That's he told that up. to my brother, and then my brother told me, oh, you know, he doesn't love you. And well, that's just like a weird thing to say and repeat from your brother's yeah. standpoint, too. What, what, but, uh, and I just, I don't understand why he always treated me the way he did. You know, did he, does he, he treat your other, do you have siblings? Yeah, I have a brother, one brother, and older. And does he treat your brother differently? Like a god. How, is your brother older or younger? Yeah, older. Would you have sued that brother? Um, yes. What's your relationship like with him? With Tyler? It is estranged. Uh, I think Why? It has, well, he uh, has always been more favored by his mother, and so he takes his mother's side a lot. Are you concerned that um, you're suing your son and that that could affect your future relationship with your son? Absolutely. Okay, well, I will leave that in your capable hands. In the meantime, I have to make a decision about what I'm gonna do about the lawsuit. How was insurance paid throughout that time? His mother paid the I, six You guys months. would pay it up front and then he would pay monthly? Yes. What should I do about the fact that there was a certain rhythm to the agreement where he would have to pay monthly and then all of a sudden you change the agreement on him? How does that factor in here? Because that's part of the reason that your contract with him about how this car would go broke down. I think two things happened here. I think that you just dumped the car on him because you could because mom was co-signing another lease and you could care less at that point. But I also think that you were changing the rules on him and, and why you did that is because of the divorce and I think you were changing the rules on him also because of the divorce because of all of the animosity that you folks have towards each other. So you all of a sudden know what? Pay it up, pay it up up front or else. Okay, well or else. That's what ended up happening. So I believe that there is 3,000 some odd dollars of a loss in this contract of the two of you, but I'm gonna kind of call it a split and say it's each of your faults. And so I'm gonna order you to pay the plaintiff $1,587.49, which is half of the loss, because I do believe that it was unfair to all of a sudden tell you pony up a grand that you weren't expecting, had never expected, had never been part of the deal, and had never been part of the deal since you got your license. That's my verdict. Good luck, folks. Well, quite an education here in what sounds like a family disintegration right in front of our eyes here. You, you're going to have to give him half of it, yeah. what he was seeking. How do you feel about that? Um, it's a loss I'll have to take. I don't think he deserves it, but, I mean, if that's what she ruled, that's what she ruled. What do you, what do you see for the future of your relationship with your, with your father? Anything? I mean, doesn't sound very promising right there. Very slight. Well, look, I'm sorry to see this situation. I mean, we all are. And I think everybody learned a lot from what the judge was telling you. It's a great lesson for everybody. All right, thank you. Sorry, you're going to have to pony up half of the loss. Here comes Bruce, Mr. Downer. What do you think about all this? You know, nobody comes off looking very good in this situation, no, you know? No, and it's a shame. Um, it's a lesson that we're trying to teach Tyler, that I'm trying to teach him, that you, you, know, you have to stick to your commitments. Do you think it worked? Uh, no, it didn't. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Sorry it all ended up in court. That's a real tragic situation, Harvey. What do you think? You know, Doug, it's interesting. The judge is really saying that the rhythm of the payment plan becomes binding on them in terms of what is expected of both parties, even though that wasn't specifically mentioned 
in the contract. And that will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case on the way into the courtroom right now. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the plate of Alexander Petrov. He says he rented a room from the nosy defendant who invaded his privacy whenever he had a guest sleep over. He even charged him an extra 300 bucks a night when he had someone sleep over. He also entered his room when he wasn't there. It all got to be too much, and he eventually found another place and moved out. Now the guy won't return his security. He overcharged him for electricity, and he's here seeking the $1,840 for all he's out. This is the defendant, DeAndre Zephyr. He says the plaintiff practically moved his father into his room. That's when the problem started. The plaintiff decided to move out to resurrect his marriage. He broke their agreement, and he has every right to withhold his deposit money. This guy should never have sued him, because if anyone still owed additional money here, it's him. He's accused of being too nosy. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $4,500 for the remainder of the rent owed. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case in the docket, the plaintiff says the defendant was a creepy landlord who charged him every time he had someone to spend the night with him and even spied on him. But the defendant says the guy only moved because he tried to save his marriage. It's the case of who's been sleeping in my bed. Alexander Petrov, you are suing DeAndre Zephyr, your former landlord, for $1,840, uh, representing the return of your security deposit, some extra utilities you feel you shouldn't have had to pay for, and pain and suffering. You're counterclaiming against him for the rest of his lease because, according to you, he broke it early without reason. Talk to me. What happened? So I moved in in January of this year. Um, what happened was he told me originally that utilities were included. But as time went on, you know, he, he decided that he could, you know, charge me extra for them. Uh, Why'd he, you agree if they were included? What did your lease say? According to the lease, they were included. Really? Because I looked at your lease and it says electricity paid by tenant and owner. Right? Go look at it. Well, I, I don't have a copy of the lease. He, oh, well, then how do you know what according to the lease it says? Well, in, in the agreement that we talked about, you know, we, he told me that it was included as, you know, as part of the... Um, the agreement. Now, there's four people who live there, including himself, and $160 a month is a little too much, you know, for a single room. You mean in rent? No, for no, for the utilities, just for the utilities. Okay. Do you have a copy of your lease? I do not have a copy of the lease. Where's your copy of your lease? 
I only have receipts for the things that he charged me. Do you me. have a copy of the lease? Yes, ma'am. May I see it? Item number 11, owner will provide services which are required by law. The following services and utilities are the responsibility of renter unless otherwise indicated below. Electricity, owner slash tenant. Gas, owner. Water, owner. Cable TV, owner. Telephone, tenant. Air conditioner, tenant. It's all actually spelled out in the lease. Okay, but in any event, so he comes to you for your half or whatever, or a portion that you felt was was too big. When I started to talk, when I confronted him about it, I told him, "Listen, this is too much to be charged, you know, for just one month for a single room." He said, um, "Can I, you know, can can I just pay him the 160, or he would kick me out?" Right, but the, why don't you just look at? Can, do you have the the electricity bill? No, I don't. Know. And what were you charging him for? The bill was safe and the bill was 400. It was broken evenly. So all of us, in turn, was in the household, spent it evenly. His portion was the same as all of which we paid. It was, it was split in four. And it wasn't 160, it was 60. All right, so you, you uh, don't want to get kicked out. Were you, did, were you going through a divorce or a separation or something? Yes, Your Honor, I'm sorry. All right, so you're there. You don't want to have to relocate. You pay the money. What else was a problem? You know, he would make me do chores around the house. Like, he would make me uh, mop the common area and sweep the common area. Uh, he would make me wash the bathroom, even though there are other roommates there in, in, the, in the same house. They didn't have to do any of that. He just kind of made me do it. Man. What, did he have a whip or something? How did he? Exactly. Like, you know what I'm What's saying? that about? Talk, answer that. Man, basically what it was, when he moved in, I stipulated and explained to him the rules of the house. Basically, it was each one of us, each weekend, cleans up the household. He had Who does what? Do we you decide who does no, what? No, we all clean, every weekend we all clean the top part of the house. It's not just a point where he was him alone. All right, so he made you clean. What else? <clears throat> Sounds like, like a slave driver, you know, no, just really? making you yeah. actually do your share. All right, so go on. Uh, the other thing was he would, he would find reasons to knock on my door. Uh, hey, Alex, why didn't you take out the garbage? Why didn't you do this? But I'd have guests over. Okay, honest to God, you sound like my children right now. Thank you. He'd Thank knock you. on your Thank door you. and say, why Thank didn't you do what you needed to do while you had guests over? That's embarrassing. Listen, my friend, I understand why you left. Because you don't want to be, oh, by the way, you and your wife are back together? Uh, uh, working on it. Working on it. But you're living with her, right? Uh, <laughs> OK. Because according to you, he told you, I'm leaving because I'm back together with my wife. Basically, basically the situation was this. When he signed the lease, he came to me and said he wanted to reconcile with his wife, which I said to him, why would you lock yourself inside of a lease if you knew you were trying to reconcile with your wife? You shouldn't, in turn, sign the lease. You signed the lease for a year, so you're held accountable for the year. If you're here for the year after the year, I have no issue. You can leave. I'll give you back your security deposit. It's not an issue. So from the beginning, he told you he was trying to reconcile? After the first... 20 days, man, he came okay. and said, and I'm like... All right, but after signing the lease is when you... Yeah, after you signed right, the so lease. So now, uh, he tells you when he's leaving, what does he say is the no, reason? No, what transpired it? to the point where he was leaving was the fact of the matter, there was one day in which I was actually cleaning up in the house. I had a weird feeling as I looked up, his father was in the house. I asked him, where was Alex at? He said he wasn't here. I was like, okay, well, why are you here? Because by the lease saying you're not supposed to be here. And that was the first instance. Then there was another instance. When that second instance happened, I said, I think it'd be best if we both went our separate ways. Okay, so you say that to him. Yes, ma'am. And then he does. So why do you have a counterclaim against him for six because months' rent when you was... tell him, I think it's best if nah, we go nah, our separate nah. ways? <laughs>
So the landlord admits, he said, we should all go our separate ways. Does that give the tenant the right to move out and get the security back? Yeah, if he initiated it, then you should. He didn't say, I can break the lease. He just said, we should go our separate ways. Is that the same thing? I think so. Is that the same thing? What are you saying? Yeah, if the landlord's saying it, then by all means, then he should give back. But we should go our separate ways. Is that the same thing? I think that you should just move out and get your money back because you are not the one that wanted to leave. Do you have a hard time sometimes getting a word in? Uh, with this guy? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wait a sec. Move I'm in front. I was just picking up something here. Going inside the courtroom. I, she, well, before we go inside the courtroom, I mean, she's talking, he's going like this. Okay, going inside the courtroom. Basically what happened was, the day after we had, and I have the text to show proof, the day after we had the conversation and he said he was going to move out, all, all apparently a camera disappeared and some garbage. So he texted me, asking me after we had the conversation that he was going to move out. Four days later, the police is at my house. So my situation is, if you're moving out amicably, why are you all of a sudden saying I stole something? Because he thinks you? you stole his camera. Now, you thought he stole your camera, right? Yeah. But yes. you found the camera. That's correct, Your Honor. I can't hear you. That's right. Okay. So Which is would why you we're like today. to issue an apology to the man you accused of stealing your camera? I, I do regret, you know, saying that he stole my camera. Okay. And the police didn't do anything, right? They just took his statement, took your statement, and wrote a police report. I mean, it's just a point of which. No, I understand. But if you tell a guy to go his own way, why then are you keeping, not only keeping his security deposit, but then keeping, suing him for six months of rent because he broke the lease? You can't have it both ways. No, man, you it's, want not, him about, out, it's he not about out, having great. it both ways. Well, both you do. Now. Yeah, no, no, if you tell a guy to go, when he goes, you can't sue him for the rent. Now, you're going to ask me the question, and I'm going to respond to you. You yeah. asked me what led to the point of which where you're saying that I'm going back and forth. No, the situation came in after he brought the cops into the situation and all this came to be. That's why I countersued. The whole situation... No, but see, that doesn't matter. I don't. You think I'm asking you why are you being mean. <laughs> I'm not. I'm asking you what would be your legal basis for winning a lawsuit on rent if you're, you told him, I, I think it's best we go our separate ways. Once you do that, you are both mutually rescinding the rest of the lease, so you wouldn't be legally entitled. You come to me, you want a verdict, I'm going to give you one. You understand how it works? All right, so I understand that you feel frustrated. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you wouldn't be legally entitled to that. Now, you're suing for several things. You're suing for the return of the security deposit of $750. It's accurate that he had a security deposit, right? Okay, you're suing for the return of the utilities from January through April. On what theory? My proof is this. He charged me different amounts every month. January, he did not charge me any electricity. February, he told me that, that I owe him... You know the January bill comes in February, sweetheart, right? <laughs> right. I take it you didn't pay the bills in your house. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I got one of those. All right, stop. You're dead on that. Next issue, pain and suffering, $750. What was your pain and suffering? Well, I had to rack up my credit cards in order to move out. Okay. No. No. No on your six months when you told them best if you move out, and that leaves security deposit. Let's talk about that. On what legal basis are you keeping the security deposit if you told him this isn't working out and we should leave? Because that's what you said. I didn't say that. You no, said. I'm quite, you're 100% correct. Okay. And I also said to him, with him leaving, I'm going to keep the security deposit and won't hold him accountable okay. for the rest of the rent. Right, but then you and I then just disagree on what the law is. Because when you tell somebody it's best if you go, you exonerate them for the rest of the rent. I'm ordering the return 
of $750 to the plaintiff on the security deposit. As for the utilities, absolutely not. You agreed to pay those. As for pain and suffering, don't make me laugh. And as for the countersuit, for the same reason, zero. Good luck, folks. So the plaintiff gets his security deposit back. Mr. Zephyr, I know you were frustrated in there, but you know, you cooked your own goose on that. Do you understand yeah, why? Yeah, I understand. I'm not stressing the money. Like, it's just the point of which of how he carried himself. No, I never stress the money. Money's not a thing to me. I always well, well, get it Well, back. you wouldn't give it back to him, so it was an uh, issue with you. That's your opinion. You do to that. Okay. Have a great day. You got to give it to him. Thank you very much. All right. Here comes the plaintiff. You were seeking a lot, but you didn't get much. You get the security back anyway. That's okay with you? Uh, I think that's good with you. Uh, I guess. Oh. Yeah, sure. Okay. You satisfied with what happened today? Yeah, yeah, sure. Very good. Thank you very much. Man, a few words, Harvey. Okay, Doug, by saying we should go our separate ways, kill them. That will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case on the way into the courtroom right now. This is the plaintiff, Jerry Gardner. He says he hired the defendant, a healthcare worker, to assist his 95-year-old disabled mother, and the woman didn't show up for two 12-hour overnight shifts. This left him in a very difficult place because his mother needs 24-hour care. He had to miss two days of work, travel 54 miles from his home at the last minute, and he's here suing the irresponsible woman for the $399.12 he's now out. is the defendant, Helen Catlin. She says the plaintiff set up cameras all over the house to spy on the health care workers he hired. And she told him she didn't want the job and wouldn't be coming back. This man's behavior was completely unacceptable. She can't believe he's suing her. And she just wants this crazy man to leave her alone. She's accused of leaving a guy high and dry. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket. The plaintiff hired the defendant, a healthcare worker, to take care of his mom. Says he, she was a no-show, but she says he installed cameras to spy on her. It's the case of Smile. You're on my candid camera. Thank you, Douglas. Jerry Gardner, you are suing Helen Caglin? Caglin. Caglin for $399.12 in gas money and lost wages because, according to you, she was hired twice to take care of your grant of your mother and didn't show up, and you had to um, fill in, and so you're suing for the difference between what you would have made at work and having to fill in. All right, talk to me and tell me what's going on. Correct, Your Honor. Um, my mother is going to be 95 this coming August, and she has home care, 24-hour split shift. So what would be the qualifications of a person watching your mom? Uh, they just have to be trained by the family or the people that are overseeing the, uh, the patient. And they do not require a cert certification or license. They only be okay. uh, so uh, trained. So you have people taking care of her 24-7. Somehow you meet her. How do you meet her? Correct. Uh, through the financial uh, fiscal intermediary, which is basically the agency who pays the, these people. So they provide you with the people? No, no. They own, they're, they're only the pay, paymaster, basically. But they have a community bulletin board. I search out. I get people. Oh, just family, as, so they friends. don't vouch for anybody. They say, here are the people who applied. It's up to you to hire, screen, and fire. Uh, right. Well, they don't direct. They don't say these people are available because then it would be like an employment agency. Okay. But so there's now, a community. Okay, you find her, board. and then what happens? Uh, Helen was trained, 
Uh, she was trained by me, and she was trained by another uh, a worker who was there. And then uh, she was scheduled to do steady uh, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And I put the in night shift. Correct. And then, so she was scheduled on a particular Friday. What day was that? Uh, on the first uh, one, I believe she did show up, but the ones when she did not show up was April 28th and May 13th. Okay, so she showed up, when you say the first ones, she showed up for one weekend. Yes, I believe she did the training. And then the next the two training. weekends, she didn't. All right. right. When, when did you learn that she was not going to show up for the second weekend? Actually, the day after. So she was supposed to be, for example, on uh, 428, uh, April 28th, Friday, 8 p.m., uh, and then she just didn't show. Okay, and how did you find out she wasn't coming? She didn't call you to say, hey, I can't make it. She simply didn't show up. You called her, the, the home health care aide, or the, the person, assistant, who was mm -hmm. there all day, ended up having to work 24 hours. Correct. When do you first hear from her on April 29th? Uh, it's 11.36 a.m. On uh, April 29th? April 28th. Oh. Uh, I, may, it, I may have the Friday night and Saturday confused. I don't okay. have... Let me see the text. You when know, did you let them know that you weren't coming? I didn't say anything to him. Did you say anything to anybody? No. Okay, so you just didn't show up for work? I didn't show up. That's what I'm saying, because of the night before he said, um, I left his mother dirty and messed up. What day did he tell you that? I think it was the Sunday before, something like that. Why I didn't you just really... tell him I quit? I don't know. Because you left them, them in a bad position where there's mm -hmm. nobody there and they think you're showing up. So when do you finally say, hey, no, I decided I don't want to work for you? When Saturday? You called, the Saturday I was at the doctor's office. And that office. was because the prior weekend when you did work, you felt that he was abusive to you? Yeah, he was. How? Um, he was text. First of all, like he said, he texts. I said, I'm on the phone. I said, someone texts me to say good morning. And then my husband called. Wait, and how does he know you're on the phone? Because he checks on his phone what we do, where you we mean, go. mean, you have it. cameras? Yes. Yeah, she okay. knows I have a security so he does camera. Every, he checks everything that we do. You don't need to apologize for that. I think you're taking great care of your, of your mother, and I find that to be God's work, you know. That's, I mean, it may make people uncomfortable, but tough, you know. It was uncomfortable, and he's checked his mother and said she was full of, the bag was full of her ass was full of and I wasn't doing my work, so that's it. I ain't coming back. I know, but why don't you just say that so that he can plan and take, get somebody else? <laughs> well, the first time I told him I wasn't coming back, and then afterwards he told me to come back, and I said, okay, come in, because the mother's a darling, and the co-worker was very good, so I said, okay, I'll return. When did she say I'll return? Because I know you did take her back. Is it after she failed to show? Yes, after she failed to show. Why would you show. take her back after she failed to show? So can you install these cameras to spy on somebody without telling them? I definitely think that's okay, because, like, you never know what they could do with the cameras if they knew about them. Like, they can find them and, like, try and break them. Ah, they, I gotcha, gotcha. Go inside the courtroom. She had told me she had an emergency. Oh, let's see. And then, okay. so, she get, so she lied. She told you I had an emergency. She didn't say, you're unreasonable and I don't like working with you because last she weekend did. you were abusive. She, she said several things. She okay, didn't I, the that, word time for me to see what she actually said as opposed to what you say she said. All right, first of all, you don't even know what you did, but the text starts on April 28th, which was a Friday. So on Friday morning, she's telling you that she's not coming tonight. 
Correct, Your Honor. I mean, it's not a lot of notice, but she tells you on Friday morning, I'm not coming. Good morning, Jerry. Not coming. You were not pleased with my work and had me clock out at 7.05 a.m., and you told me I did not have to come back. You should call Dee because she is stuck. She has a family to go to, and I'm in Long Island, and I can't go back. We have religious services today and tomorrow. She answers you. I just spoke with Dee. I will go in tomorrow night and Sunday night. She said it's okay. If I'm doing something wrong, you should tell me. Okay, we will work everything out. This is at 4.30 or 4 o'clock on that Friday. And then I see a text from him to you on 429 mm -hmm. saying the girl it's, that was the to come in to cover right. your shift last night, that's for Friday, mm -hmm. called off at the last minute. So as Dee is not allowed to work a triple, Catherine and me had to travel in during the middle of the night to fill in. So I'm watching mom this morning. That's Saturday morning you're saying that. And Catherine is doing the nights as there is not enough room here for you to stay. So we have to complete this weekend. You're the one who tells her not to come in mm -hmm. on Saturday morning. So can you restart next Friday night at 8? The following Friday is May 5th. And she works because she's texting you about your mom asking for ice cream. Then she comes in the next night because you are texting with her. Good for bed, bathroom and sleeping clothes. Text again at 1 a.m. Thanks. And she's saying, okay. So she works Friday. She works Saturday. That was her regularly scheduled Friday, So Saturday, then it's the Sunday. following week where she tells you at 9.16 a.m. on? The following morning. The Saturday morning. Yes. Correct. She tells you, I don't believe you expected me to come back. You weren't satisfied with my work. You placed your hand in the bag with wet diapers and feces behind her and said he, she was a mess. You found fault with everything I did. I told Jonathan I was not going back. I really liked your mom. You never told me you were coming back, and you stuck me with the schedule for last night. No show, no call. You just didn't show. So let's talk about that last time, which is March 13th now. And um, why did why are you telling Jonathan stuff? You're supposed to be dealing he's directly with him. He's my supervisor. And did Jonathan ever call you? No, Your Honor. Did you ever talk to Jonathan eventually? And I, he say, I thought you guys would work it out. I talked to Jonathan, and I asked him, and, and the agency, they said there was no communication no, from No, then I'm uh, sure she's off the list. Yeah. And, if that's uh, true. Are you off the list with that agency? I'm still with the agency. Oh, that's weird. You, no, All right, you, so what are you suing for? Tell me what your lawsuit's about. Okay, so what happened is uh, I had other work to go to. and What's just, the other work you had to go to? I'm a paralegal criminal, invest, uh, criminal defense investigator. Okay. And I get paid on a per diem basis as on, on the billable hourly rate. And I put in some proof of earnings in my evidence. Uh, so I- Let me I, see, I wanna make sure I have everything. Let me see your proof of earnings. And, I, proof that, and proof that you had a job, because what you're doing is rather unusual. You are suing her because you want her to pay you the difference between what you make and a home health care worker makes because you had to take care of your own mom. Have I got it? Due to her not, not advising me. And I got it, right? And, yes, okay. Your so Honor. now I need you to show me proof that you had a job lined up for those days. No, I, I don't have any proof uh, for um, that schedule because, like I said, I work okay. on... If you had the proof, I wouldn't let you do this. She is a, a home health aid worker. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If she's unreliable, then don't hire her again. That's what you do when somebody's unreliable. You don't hire her again. That's your remedy. Your recourse is don't hire again. What do you do? You hire her again. If that's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. 
So, no. I mean, you have this agency you're working through. You get the names through them. If someone's not going to come, have them send you an emergency person. You don't trust them if you don't know them. God bless you. And, and mind you, I have nothing but the greatest respect for your security cameras and everything else and the way you're on it. You're a great son. You're just not that great a plaintiff. That's all. Verdict for the defendant. Well, Mr. Gardner, the judge said you're a, you're a very good son, but not a good litigant in court. What, what do you feel about what just happened? Well, what I feel is I'm, I'm glad it was heard in the court because what was done here was spiteful. It was mean. There was a lot of recourse. And uh, what the judge didn't give me a chance to say is the lady called off a few hours before her shift. She had the whole week. Yeah, the whole she week. did let you know before. She you did, said but she did. The second time was a no-show, and it's uh, it hurt me. It injured me. The girl who was working there stayed. Yeah, stayed. You explained the whole day. all that in court. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that, though. You yeah. don't you don't win the case. Okay. Right. Thank Sorry you for your time. All righty. Very good. Thanks. The door is that way. Ms. Keglin, you were in a hurry to get out of here, weren't you? <laughs> That's no, all right. He's a dictator and a pathological liar. That's what. You think he, so? he loves suing people, taking people to court. It's a thing up here. Well, listen, thank you very much. You thank prevailed. You. Do, you like care, do you still care for, for ill people? Oh, know? yes. The mother's a darling. Yeah, they said you liked her. Yes, yeah. everybody. He's right. the one need help. Okay. Thank Sorry you. about that. The oh, door's this way, ma'am. Oh, okay. Thank you. On All your right. way out. Harvey, interesting case. What do you think? If you sue for lost profits and you can't show exactly what you lost, forget about it. Don't text and drive. The People's Court is a Ralph Edwards Stubillet production.